0: to your friends listen as much as you can numbers are slightly down which may affect the future of this podcast so just leave it playing even if you're not in the room love you <laughs> now sit back relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to.
1: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ballroom at the assembly rooms. Please welcome a man who's just been knocking his balls around in a kid's show at the Pleasants. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to another edition of Richard Herring's Leaf Sunshine Terminated podcast. It's raining. Well, it was raining this morning when I wrote that. And it's not too bad. It's not sunny anyway, so there we go. So that sunshine on Leith doesn't last very long. is all I'm going to tell you. Uh, but I was talking to the Cat in the Hat just now at the Pleasance. Uh, he calls it Rallastapus. so oh, it's. Uh... Thank you. Oh, yeah, not so. Not everyone knows about that. Okay. <laughs> got the measure of you uh just that's the first i've got my two young children up with me uh this year uh, so we got m- most of the shows i'm going to be seeing uh saw the our guest show last night which was fantastic but this morning 10 a.m cat in the hat the cat in the hat is a fucking prick <laughs> it's not even not even in a good way i it's rescue because thing one and thing two are good characters. but they don't come in for a long time they're good characters Uh, And it did, I was sort of, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning you're slightly questioning being alive at that time and watching, and when you're sort of watching some drama students just pretending to blow up a big ball then you sort of start to question the very nature of theatre and you see just a man going, dressed with his face painted white going, nothing, it's just imagined you start thinking, is all theatre just a pointless waste of time? I mean, I'm including this, this is just me talking to another man. That's not entertainment, is it? But uh, then, they got a bit where they... <laughs> they got to a bit... Thing 1 and Thing 2 K one rescued it. Uh, they're very... Actually, they're very they're, it's a very good cast, and they're, it's, you know, they're doing their best. with the, the, It's Dr Seuss's fault. It's, like, it's not their fault. They're working with the material they've been given. I didn't realise as soon as it started that we'd seen the show before with different actors when my daughter was one. I'm oh, no, I've seen it. I know what happens in this one. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, but there's a bit where they just start kicking beach balls out into the crowd and there weren't that many people there there's about four rows and there were loads of beach balls and it went on for about five minutes it's a br- brilliant time killer but it was also the greatest thing that's ever happened to me and the Edinburgh f- just knocking and if I'd had time I'd have bought 20 beach balls I might do it on the was the last show I haven't got a guest yet I might just get some beach balls and we can all knock them around I'm telling you, you—you you have never, you haven't lived until you've done it. It's so much fun. It was so much fun that it's th- five stars. That's what I'm giving that show. <laughs> made me question my life, it made me question theatre, and it made me glad to be alive. You can't beat that. can the Hat, the Pleasance, 10am. Uh, so do go and see. I'll be, I'll be keeping you up to date with kids' shows uh, and uh, the occasional adult show as we go on. Is that everything I've got to say? Yes, it is. Uh, my, look, let's go on. We've got an absolutely top-rate a fantastic movie star guest. It's Bollywood, it still counts. Uh, and, proper, and proper movies as well. Oh. <laughs> He might not be coming on now. That might—he might, might just—he might just have decided to go home. I, you know, I'm just—it's just out just, of uh, absolute jealousy. He's probably best known for playing Jabiri in the Curse of King Tut's Tomb. That's why we're here. That's what we want to hear about. Will you please welcome, absolutely phenomenal, Das, ladies and gentlemen. Here he is. Here he is. Come on in. Thank you very much. Great how to see nice you then. Very good. How are you?
2: Good.
0: Ah, oh,
1: good afternoon. Hello.
0: Ah, oh, fantastic! Is the curse of uh, King Tut's tomb as good as it sounds?
1: It's my defining work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, there was, I think to call it a B movie is the compliment of the century. Uh, <laughs> okay. it, it was one of those. Uh, I had two lines, okay. and one of them was "Good morning," <laughs> and the other one was, "I have broken the emerald tablet. I'm sorry." <laughs> Right, uh, And and I think I, I fucked up just on day one where... I, I'd never been on a film set before. And this is set, you know, uh, when they discover Tutankhamen's tomb. So I think this is like the 20s or the 30s. And I wore a digital watch the entire scene. <laughs> and this is before CGI or you could erase anything. And, and just... I think the 80s just didn't give a shit about who I was. They're like, he has one line. I'm sure he'll wear his clothes fine. So I did the whole scene with just a digital watch. So they have an extreme close-up of me because they had to cut out the rest of the scene. And then, because they didn't like the Indian accent, they dubbed it with an American actor. No way! So my one line is just some guy going, oh my God, I've broken the Emerald Tablet. I'm so sorry. Um, and, and that was my, my film wow. debut. Yeah. I'm
0: going to dub you through this as well. I'm going to get... I'm gonna get... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get an American. You're going to get Dave
1: Patel to do this whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would
0: no. absolutely. Do. Hey, look, let's talk quickly about your your show straight away, which I saw last night, and I I hadn't really seen much of your stuff before. I'm yes. um, sorry to say, I'm which is why to,
1: you agreed to come. That's so why I had yeah.
0: you. On, no, it's and it's fan fantastic, an absolutely fantastic show. Thank you. Um, and we were saying you've only just flown in, and I was, you know, it's, it's it is a
1: long flight, a long flight, um, to get here for very inconsistent, unprofessional weather. Uh, I, I'm just very Like, I love this city. I want to retire in this city. It's absolutely amazing. But the weather is infuriating. It's your heart. It's like imposed menopause that God has put everybody through. Uh, I. It's, it's so cold, uh, I forgave colonialism. Uh, I was just... I was like, I understand why they left. They had to get out and find warmth. And then... Your rooms either have freezing air or no air whatsoever. So I just, I'm always sweating and freezing in different parts of my body. Yeah.
0: Though, to be fair, the English did colonize Scotland as well. So, it's, they're, they're just fucking crazy, the English. Yeah. They're just They go, let's go somewhere very cold. Let's go somewhere very hot. We don't like any of these places. Let's give them all back. Uh, that's that's eventually, eventually. Eventually. You wait. You guys can wait. I want to come and live here when, you, when you're independent. I don't want to fucking live in England when we, when you're independent because what chance do we have? A perpetual Tory rule. Uh, but the show, the, well, the show is you've got this amazing uh, starting point to the to the show because yes. you've 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 been sort of uh, it's been a weird few months. Of a, yeah, uh,
1: I've been uh, accused of sedition. Um, Which is a a nice start to a show, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, So I I did a video uh, at the Kennedy Center about my country and how each country in the world really has light and dark and and duality. Uh, And it caused a lot of duality in my country. And I had seven legal cases filed against me. So I I was accused with defaming my country on foreign soil. I was charged with sedition. And the show begins with uh, a flight home where... It's expected that when I land, I'll be arrested and taken to prison Um, and just sort of mentally preparing yourself to go to prison because physically that's not an option. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, that's the starting point of the show.
0: So when you were, I mean, you genuinely, so it's this quite inspiring speech you do about uh, this on, on YouTube, if you want to catch it, and about 5 million people have watched it. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's about two Indians, which is true of most of the, the world. That there's, yes. there's, there's a lot of countries at the moment have a sort of backward looking, old fashioned, you know, trying to yeah. hold on or go back to terrible times and, and people looking forward and and, you know, it, this isn't unique to, to India, I have to say, no, I, as I, you point out. As I far. think it's
1: just unique to my age group. Like, yeah. I'm I'm 43 years old, yeah. and, and I seem to be caught between young people worried about their tomorrow yeah. and old people obsessed with their yesterday, yeah. you know? Uh, and, and I'm just kind of, both of them are fucking up my today. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's the central point of the show, is being... Caught in the middle of these two ideologies. Yeah,
0: well, it's, it is sort of, it, it, I mean, that's just a, such a huge subject in, in, in itself. And I, I've been thinking about, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm not as old as the people who want uh, the United Kingdom to go back to the 1950s, uh, or, or at best. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, it is this weird that when you want to push the world, it feels like the world has to move forward for the world to survive, right, don't you think? I mean, in terms of...
1: I think so. I mean, look, it's the prerogative of every new generation to be like, we have to drag these old people into the future with us. Mm -hmm. And some of them may make it for the ride and some of them may not make it for the ride. But I feel like with every passing generation, the amount of hardship that you have to drag, uh, that you have to go through to drag people with you reduces and reduces. Right. So uh, what I begrudge the younger generation right now is you want to be applauded for your ideology and not your actions. Yeah. Um, So it's like, I believe this put the phone down, eat noodles with the other hand, (laughs) which to me is not a movement, you know? Uh, So I feel like it gets easier and easier to judge with every passing generation. And I I wish you had to go through a little bit more to take your granddad along or to take your dad along. Yeah. uh, And you're not doing so.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Also, but old people aren't dying in the same numbers as they used to. It's a problem. So there's Uh, too many
1: old... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in, in general, <laughs> uh, in general, coming from a place with 1.3 billion people, <laughs> yeah. very death-friendly. Uh, <laughs> bullish on death. Uh, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, we're living longer and longer, and we're not making enough babies, uh, which as an Indian feels weird to say uh, out loud. But the world population isn't growing enough, apparently. Yeah. This yeah. is why Elon Musk is impregnating... Various different women. <laughs> his central business model isn't electric yeah. cars. It's maybe that's what unplanned impregnation. And, and
0: Boris Johnson as well. Maybe all these guys are good. Maybe they <laughs> Maybe they maybe, maybe all these guys are actually doing the world a fantastic favor. Boris
1: Johnson is. But,
0: yeah. But so I mean, <laughs>
1: the the only thing that I I don't have a political view on on Boris Johnson, but his hair. Uh, looks like a 2D illustration of 3D hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like if, if somebody drew somebody's hair in a comic strip, yeah. that's his hair in real life, <laughs> which is, is weird to me. That's the only that observation is, I have. That's Very great. astute. Uh, well,
0: anyway, your speech about two indians it didn't, you know, it, 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 the audience uh, loved it, that were there. It didn't seem enormously controversial. No. It didn't seem the kind of thing that would get you branded a terrorist. But that it, Yeah, I was, game, I was
1: called a terrorist, which yeah. is... A fun conversation with your mother that evening. (laughs) Because the headline said, you know, uh, Veerdas is a terrorist. And I just kind of called home and I was like, Hey mom, remember how you said you don't know how to describe what I do for a living? (laughs) (laughs) Found a pretty good word. Uh, But the highlight of of my entire thing was the BBC. I was on the homepage of the BBC and there was a headline that said, Comedian polarizes the nation. (laughs) Do you know how badly you have to fuck up before the British say that you divided India? <laughs> Quite a bit. But uh,
0: did you did you have the? You know, you, you, in the show, it seems you're pretty scared about. You know, you were pa- panicking about going back. But did you you had to? Did you have to go back? Was there a, a, an element because you could have gone back and gone to? There was like warrants out for you or people calling for you to be arrested. I,
1: no, uh, I'd love to say that I went back for bravado and yeah. I went back because I felt like I did nothing wrong. Truth is, my visa expired. <laughs> <laughs> um, my visa expired on the 26th and I had to go back on the 27th. <laughs> and so it was this long flight where uh, I think the joy of Air India is the, you know, the whole show centers around a conversation with an Air India air hostess who's about 65, and she's like, you did fucking nothing wrong, I believe in you, now drink all this gin, because you're going to jail. Uh, (laughs) But also in Air India, there was no Wi-Fi, and so it it was just 22 hours without Wi-Fi. So not knowing how the situation had progressed uh, until I landed, if it was escalating or not, you know.
0: I mean, it's, again, this feels like something that, that the UK is... Uh, that maybe the rest of the world is getting better at and the UK is getting worse at. But it's, it sort of seems bizarre that you can be accused of, you know, just to even criticise your own country and your own nation, what? which is now what the, the Tories are proposing if we criticize the country in any way. If, 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 the, if Britain or, you, or England has ever done anything wrong and you say so, you, you can get sent out of the country.
1: Well, I, I understand the sentiment of, of being upset at it. Would I uh, you know, like I, I believe when you get artistic feedback, it's your job to keep your head down and take that feedback humbly, right? And the one rule that I, I have, and, and I hope that comes through in the show, which is that... Content can become controversy, but controversy should never become your content. Okay. You know, that's when you get stuck in a feedback loop reacting to the, to the things that you did last and kind sure. of trying to justify your stuff. I will submit that artists should be allowed imperfection and that artists should be allowed or that a YouTube video doesn't deserve more scrutiny than political speeches yeah. uh, or than things that are said on the mainstream news. So that's where I begrudge this situation. Yeah. Yeah where uh, I I felt like it faced a lot of scrutiny for a comedian, you know, where far more hateful things are said on mainstream media in your country and in my country and on American media as well that don't deserve that, that don't get that scrutiny.
0: It's weird, isn't it? If if someone's joking about something, it's almost worse than someone saying the thing seriously. Yeah. That's sort of, that's...
1: And also when they've sold out the Kennedy Center and made some bank that night, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody's like, fuck this guy. Now, this news bulletin was free. Um, so maybe that's it. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, don't have, I don't have a perspective on it that's well-rounded yet. It's the right. only, you know, the way I put it is it's not a flesh wound, but it's a fresh wound. So I'm, I'm looking to find a healthier perspective on it. I don't have it yet.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean you talk about patriotism it's patriotism versus nationalism and the difference. Yeah. It's okay to be patriotic and it's okay to Yeah, I mean to, the, to love where you come from.
1: The way I see it is there are patriots and there are nationalists and patriots love their country and do things about it. Nationalists love themselves and the way that they love their country and advertise it. It's 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 narcissism with a flag. Yeah. You know, um if you if you think about how you love any anybody in your life, if, if you love a, a girl or a boy in your life, you know, you do things for them. But if you look at that person, and you're like, I love you. Nobody else will love you like I love you. You will never love anybody else like that, that, that. You love me. It's just me and it's just you. You know, if you say that to a human being, you can go to jail. If you say that to a country, they'll make you president. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a very obsessive kind of love that then you don't understand when other people don't love in the same way that you do. You know, yeah. it's like... It's like hating somebody because they don't like doggy style. You know, uh, it's like, how can you not do doggy style? And I'm like, no, I, I like missionary with my country. I like to <laughs> look her in the eyes, tell her what I want. She can tell me what she wants. And they're like, no, only from behind, no eye contact. <laughs> it's it's a very strong thing. Oh. Uh, I'm going to be arrested after this podcast. I'm <laughs> just realizing...
0: I might be arrested after <laughs> that. You know, then we then we can do a show together yeah. about it next year. Uh, uh, it's everything. Well, it's sort of, the, is there an element of that? I mean, as a comedian... You know, when something terrible happens to you, even as that was all happening to you, were you thinking, there's going to be a show in this? (laughs) Uh,
1: No matter what happens to a comedian, we're thinking, I could get five minutes out of this. (laughs) We are mid-fight with our spouse just going, she might leave me, but this is seven good minutes. (laughs) The only seven good minutes we've had. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, we're always thinking this is going to be material.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I, I had testicular cancer last year. I couldn't have been more delighted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> please please tell me there's the Uniball show coming out. Or... <laughs> there
0: is. I've got a book yeah. coming out. Uh, can, can I have my ball back, it's called. Uh, and... I have a question about this. Yeah. Uh,
1: I know a comedian in the, in the States who, who had the same thing, had a ball removed, but they put in uh, a fake one. Yeah. Just for, for balance? Yeah. Did they, did they do that? They offer,
0: it's, an offer, it's offered but I decided to uh, be proud of what I am. Yeah. I'm not going to have a, I also think it's only for your own self-esteem. No one cares about your testicles. Right? Nobody. No. My, wife does not, my wife does not give a fuck about my, my testicles, and I'm absolutely convinced that if I hadn't told her I'd had one removed, she would not have noticed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: She's just down there, like, is it cold today? Uh, I think like his voice ab- is getting higher in they pitch. They move about,
0: know. you know. You know, you can lose track of
1: one of them yourself, so it's not. You, know. you ever have one just chilling in the neighbor's house?
0: <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, now my one's moved to the middle because he's realised he's on his own, so it's like he's got he's got the bed to himself. It's but, much more. Co- I absolutely recommend it. It's. Um, and
1: I'm guessing it makes the tree look bigger, right?
0: Uh, <laughs> well,
1: it's. it's Guys, we're movie people. It's camera <laughs> angles.
0: Like well, you know, there's lots of positives to it. But as a comedian, absolutely. And you know, and it's an, it, the minute you've got something interesting to talk about, you go, great. We're we're off with that.
1: I love that this pivoted from nationalism into dicks. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yeah, the, There's, the they're next the only logical two, Only yeah. two
0: subjects, d- yeah. dicks and nationalists, <laughs> <laughs> they are, and often at the same time. So it's, uh, uh, it's well, the, the show's fa- uh, fantastic. We're, I don't, I don't want to talk about it too much because I want people to go uh, and see it. Uh, you're on at, we, you're on in the early evening, which is a nice time. What's, it's what's so the time? nice.
1: Five, it's 5.25 five. at the Pleasance Beneath, and yeah. then I, I get to have dinner and, yeah. and go see a show, and Not just have dinner, but like have Indian dinner, you know, (laughs) because uh, like what is UK dinner time? Is it like 6, 7 p.m.? Yeah. Right. Which is ridiculous. You cannot eat dinner in sunlight. I'm sorry. (laughs) You have to wait for darkness. And that's when indigestion feels good, you know. So so we can have like a 9 p.m. dinner, which is, you know, uh, amazing.
0: Good, and it's a it's a it's a lovely show. It's be, It's a beautifully written show. There's lots of fantastic callbacks, and uh, it's it's very well put together. So it, it's uh it's the best show I've seen so far. I've the, hey, thank you the so four much. show. I, I mean, including it. Cat in the Hat in that as well. <laughs> and Cat and the Hat had the best bit in it. Yeah. <laughs> if you could put some beach balls in and just knock the beach balls <laughs> around. I think they, I think every show should have it. A lot of shows, you know. They're 50 minutes, really. You could just... 10 minutes of beach balls. How would about be good. if I
1: just did my show, but there was like a big hat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there was a cat underneath it that we never talked about. <laughs> we just trapped a cat in there and I did stand up and every now and then you'd hear... <laughs> but we never said anything about it. I
0: think that would work. Yeah. Um, what was noticeable uh, was that your audience was predominantly, if not almost exclusively, Asian people, which is was noticeable at the Edinburgh Fringe, I think. Because
1: well, what's noticeable is that's the world now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, at some level, it's predominantly Asian people. Yeah. Um, no, it was. I, I didn't know that there was this many Indian people in Edinburgh no. uh, at all. Like I always thought it was Glasgow had you know, a strong Indian population, so sure. it's nice to have them come well, out.
0: Well, you're early enough for people to travel over from Glasgow, but I would say it's... Um, yeah you know but it's it's not there's it's it's not a show that 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 is exclusively for, for no it it's,
1: it's 100% in hindi and
0: uh <laughs> i mean it's not it's no, 90% in hindi but no. there are a two hindi lines yeah. in the
1: entire thing and i translate one of them so yeah. if you if you know nothing about india it is still very much a show for you yeah. and and i'm also you know i'm i'm I, I was born in india but i was raised in africa i was raised in lagos nigeria and the show is about being sometimes very Indian for the West, but very Western for India. Yeah. Um, and having that weird mix, you know, like, like I was... Uh, one of the bits in the show is, you know, like, I'm not so Indian, I would study to be a doctor. <laughs> but like, I'm Indian enough where I would never use a white doctor. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, I love you guys, but I would let an Indian engineer treat me before a white doctor. <laughs> Because I know they would find a solution, you know, like if I had diarrhea, they'd build a mechanized trap door that, you know, it it would just work out. So it's about that as well. It's a show about just being from nowhere and everywhere.
0: Yeah, which again I think is a very comedian thing, and there are quite a lot of I mean, Phil Wang's a comedian like that. Who's who's both from, he's great, yeah, yeah, but he's you know he's from both places and doesn't feel that he's in from either, and yeah. so it's I think that's a very comedian sentiment. I, mean, I don't know if that's what turns people into comedians to feel slightly like an outsider. Your own journey to be a comedian is quite interesting. You you sort of started at, at college, really. You did, yeah, you did uh, a show it was.
1: Um, I was in a a method acting program, which was very. Uh, method uh, <laughs> you know it, it was very it was american drama school so people say a lot of things like i love what you're doing but emote out with your shoulders uh which is fine and then after that i just wanted a an art form that was a little more organic and a yeah. little more rebellious and so in my final year we had a thesis performance and i wrote a show called brown men can't hump because there was a movie around that time called white men can't jump and i mean there's a billion of us so clearly we are humping uh but i I did a 90 minute show and then i i just kind of discovered that acting school was bullshit you know I, i i went i spent what my parents spent all this money on on american drama school and then after that i did a six month program with russians right and on day one After spending like $100,000 to learn acting with Americans, this Russian comes over and he's like, look, uh, acting is very simple. Uh, Read script. (laughs) Believe script. Then do what the fuck you like. (laughs) Good night. (laughs) And I was like, I just spent a hundred grand. <laughs> and, and, and Russians aren't very, you know, like soft with their feedback. Americans are like, I see what you're doing. Take a different direction. I, Russians are just like, bullshit, get off stage. You insult Chekhov. Your mother is whore. Get out. <laughs> so I just discovered that, that acting school was bullshit and I needed to find an art form that I was passionate about. And, yeah. and that was this.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
0: So I, I read something in an interview about you making a DVD of one of your shows, but with only like six copies of it or something.
1: Yeah, no, I, uh, Bollywood is the largest film industry in the world. And the average Bollywood star is gorgeous, you know, male or female and, and just really blessed by God with like height and looks and talent and, and all of that. So because it's it's a tougher package, right, Bollywood? Because uh, as opposed to just being able to act, you have to be able to act and dance and sell it and, and just have swag, yeah. you know, that that you can't learn in any school. And I was like, I'm never going to make it in an audition line with these guys. who are like six foot four and just gorgeous. So I I spent all my money on filming a show and then I designed a DVD that looked like it belonged in a DVD library. (laughs) So, you know, you could put it next to whatever, Face Off or or the average sort of Hollywood DVD and then I went to every DVD library that I knew film directors rented DVDs from (laughs) and I gave them six free copies. And... That DVD just went to the top producers in Bollywood and got me auditions. It's incredible! So I got to skip the line just by spending my life savings uh, <laughs> on that. Yeah, it kind of worked out.
0: Well, it's, it's cheaper than doing the Edinburgh Fringe. yes yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> and, and at least it got to the producers. So you yeah. know, that's pretty good. And so was that? Do you got into a, a, a film called Deli Belly, which is a fantastic name for a film?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, 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 Delhi Belly is. Uh, uh, it, it is about. Three boys in Delhi and diarrhea at the same time. It's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of like our snatch or lock stock. It's like that okay. genre of movie, like a Guy Ritchie yeah. kind of a movie. And it's fun. It was my, well, it wasn't my first movie. I was in a movie that shot in London, actually. Um, and, and I got paid a ton of money. And the lead actor, and then I was playing the friend. And there was another friend as well and you know both of us were just young good looking guys and and then we shot a song on day 1 right now the thing about shooting a Bollywood song is it doesn't matter what your feet are doing. Your eyes have to sell it. You know, that's, that's really because, you know, it, it's, it's a ridiculous situation. You're, you're, you're standing on a piano in, in white pants without a shirt on. And there's like chiffon blowing your, your nipple hair. Yeah. And, and you're spreading your arms and like a girl is running towards you. And, and they shoot her... She's in slow motion, but she has to run in real life, right? So this bitch is sprinting at you really fast. It's a ridiculous thing. Uh, So your eyes have to sell it. And both of (laughs) us were just so happy to be in a Bollywood movie that our eyes sold it, right? And so the lead hero was like, who the fuck are these two guys? So then the next day we showed up on set and they were like, "Just, just take five steps back. Oh, really? So we, we went five steps back. And then they were like, just take 20 steps back. And eventually they just stopped lighting us or miking us or giving us makeup. So we're just like the whole movie is this guy doing the movie. But me and a guy in the background, just in blurry, just going, we're getting fucked on this movie, man. Look at this fucking guy. Um, so that was my first movie. Right. And then, then I auditioned for Delhi Belly in the middle of that and, and got that. Yeah. So yeah.
0: So it's, you know, it's, but it's, that's, that's an amazing story of kind of that's the way you've got to push you, push yourself through. I suppose is just find to find ways to
1: yeah, I to think break so. That... There's
0: a lot of and acting is, is as. And you're very charming, Matt, and you, your stand-up's very charming, Thank and you, there's some, there is something there that you, could, you can get away with. Say. It's interesting with comedy, I think, that, you know, it's not so much what's being said, it's who's oh, saying it. Oh, for sure, it, and
1: how they're saying it. Yeah, yeah.
0: and so you, you can get away with quite a lot. And what I quite liked watching your show last night was I could just see the opposite side of the audience, and there was, there was three sort of middle-aged ladies, I would say, or, or, or sort of
1: 30, 40-plus. I, I, I take 10 middle-aged ladies with me wherever I go. <laughs>
0: They were enjoying it. I
1: don't have bodyguards or security. I just have 10 aunties that go with me.
0: They were enjoying it so much. Because I think, you know, A, it was, for, it was a show that had references that they got and yes, they understood, yeah. so it was a show for them, but it was also more than that. But I think like somebody else doing even, doing some of the material, it's, you've, there's, a little, there's a little cheek in it. You know when you're pushing it and you... I and think so. You've, you've, you navigate it very well. I, I'm surprised you ended up you know nearly getting imprisoned for your comedy, is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> I I think acting if if nothing else, it, it teaches you to um to let go of the idea of control. Yeah. You know, stand up is very much about you by yourself. It's a very dictatorial profession, stand up. Really, it's you know, you control everything. But when you're on a film set you're when you're with actors, you're really committing to somebody else's creative consciousness. Yeah. You know, and so uh, if that person, that director is a genius, you have to give up control. And if that director doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, you still have to give up control. Yeah. Um, so I think acting prepares you for that, where it's just like, okay, maybe I don't have to have all the answers. Or maybe this thing can be unplanned or sure. organic and will be okay. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I couldn't act the entire year at all. Like, there's... I. I love actors, but there's only so much I can talk about protein shakes and intermittent fasting <laughs> before wanting to murder somebody. So it's just nice to go from a film set to, like, a comedy club where I'm like, ah, insecure, ugly people like myself. <laughs> and then you feel real again, you know?
0: Yeah, it is quite... And So do you, would, do you see... Us, do you, is there is there one of those two jobs you see yourself mainly as or do you see yourself as both? Because I would, you know, I do a bit of acting, but I would say I'm a comedian.
1: I'm a comedian, for, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh uh, I'm a comedian who will happily give up a gig for the right movie. Is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Is the best way that I can put it. Um, but you know, I, I also think with comedians we tend to be in a bubble and don't learn anything new. Yeah. Sometimes, and with acting, you you learn new shit. You know, like I, I, I'm. Um, I think my next project, if it goes through, will be I play a country music singer in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. You know. Which, as a brown bearded man for country music <laughs> audiences, is is an interesting yeah you know thing. But then that means I have to go and learn country music, you know. And, and there's no way I would do that as a comic. Or no. you know, I'm I'm doing an action comedy at some point. I'll I'll get to fire a gun. I'll get to you know. And then these are things that feed your comedy as well. Yeah. Um So it's interesting.
0: Well, I like again. I liked, it and it's it's an, uh, it 's like Billy Connolly who is, is who I think is is the greatest u k comedian certainly, but it may be the world comedian, but you you uh, you 're not f- afraid to shy away from who you really are, and uh, we're Billy Connolly will do a routine he'll talk about hanging out with uh, Prince Andrew and, <laughs> and Firk
1: before. before. Uh, oh, hey. uh, is that the one you talk about or the one you don't talk about? That's one, one don't talk about that's but the one you don't now, talk about.
0: The one you don't. when I saw him before, he, he, he talked about you know he's friends with the royal family and all yeah. sorts of people, and he, he won't he'll he'll talk about it. I think a lot of comedians go you know oh no I'm working class, and which really genuinely is, uh, and I'm you know going to pretend that that side of my life doesn't exist. In, in this show, this this the stand-up show you're doing here, you talk about travelling first class, and it's a very funny story. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of comedians would who do travel class first class wouldn't, wouldn't mention it. But,
1: well, I, I, I wouldn't uh, talk about that until uh, unless what happened to me happened to me. Of course. Which yeah. is, you know, uh, I mean, we can kind of give a bit of it away, but I, I was upgraded to first class on Emirates, which is, you know, you, you get this fucking railway compartment to yourself. It's amazing. <laughs> and then there's a bathroom in first class. And I went in and had a shower at 30,000 feet, which is amazing. You feel like a god being naked at 30,000 feet. Because that's what God is, literally naked at 30,000 feet. Every statue of a Greek god, perky nipples, tiny pecker. It's the weather, it's cold up there. But I didn't know how much water you got. So after 10 minutes, the water ran out. And I looked like I'd been molested by a cloud at that point. There was that much foam. So I had to come out to the sink and do like a bird bath type of a situation. And then the entire bathroom was flooded. So I had to get on all fours with my one towel and mop the Emirates first-class bathroom because I didn't want to be the Indian man who fucked up the bathroom, right? <laughs> so it's kind of a down-to-earth first-class story, if you will.
0: It is. So you know, but it's good that it's. I think because you know, it, it, I think it's the honesty of it is is great. So you know, you, you're saying because obviously you've you've worked in movies, you've worked in Hollywood, and you, you know, you're not you do have some some money. You've done quite well.
1: Well, uh, it's saved for bail. Is uh, <laughs> I have two fixed deposits where I'm like, break that shit and get me out if, if this ever happens. But yeah,
0: and you worked. Uh, in fact, I saw this film, uh, the uh, the bubble. You worked with Judd Apatow.
1: That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I auditioned for a role, which uh, a really good actor from here got. His name is Samson Kayo. Yeah, and uh, I think he's in a show called Bloods on on ITV. Uh, and uh, I didn't get the role and then Judd Apatow called me up and he's like, oh, I think you're really funny and uh, uh, I don't know if you know this about me. He's, he's a very humble man, right? And Judd Apatow is known to just like launch comedy superstars, right? And, and they all begin with one scene in his movie, yeah. Kevin Hart, Amy Schumer, you know, Steve Carell, etc., etc. And he's like, I don't know if you know this, but I tend to put people in my, my movies for one or two scenes and I was just like, oh, really? No, I had no idea. <laughs> I haven't Googled everything you've ever done. Um... And he's like, come to London and we'll shoot this movie. But I don't have a script uh, for you. So we'll make up some shit. Right. And uh, one of the most sort of humbling moments of my career because I showed up and and most of my scenes are with a lady called Maria Bakalova who's in Borat. Yes. And we showed up and on table read one, it's a 120 page script. We didn't have a line in the movie. And then day one of shooting is me and a gentleman called Keegan-Michael Key who was in Key and Peel. Yeah. And just a very good improv comedian guy. And, uh, you know, this movie has Pedro Pascal and Fred Armisen. Just really good comedy people. Yeah. And Jad kind of came over and he's like, So Veer, I think uh, in this scene, you're trying to sell him like a sex glove that he wants to fuck. And he's trying to make you a Scientologist and action. <laughs> You know, so it's my first day. It's 7 a.m. And I'm a fan of the man I'm in a scene with. So I'm just like, stop fucking looking at him and start acting. Right. And we do the scene once. And he's like, cut. All right. I think um, we, you it this way. Keegan, you it that way. And uh, action. <laughs> we do a three minute scene. And then he's like, all right, cut. Moving on. And I just don't see him from that point on. Right. You know, and the entire set moves on. So I'm just like, I look at Keegan and I'm like, so was that all right? You know, and in the most sweet, respectful, but kind of slapping you around kind of ways. Like, yeah, man, it was good. I mean, you're here, <laughs> which is a very yeah. you know nice way of saying bring your A game. You're at the Olympics now. Um We shot for 28 days without a script, without a word on uh, you know on the page. Right. And every emotion that I experienced between age 21 and 31. I experienced between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. <laughs> on that movie Just like, I'm shit, I'm amazing, I belong here, I should go home All of that, and it was it was like going to comedy school, it was right. amazing
0: Yeah, you know. it is interesting, I just did a film last year which was entirely improvised like with, with It's like, terrifying Yeah right? And it, it, but it's sort of one, and it's exactly that. You kind of think, oh, this is, you know, I'm, te- I was sort of a big character in the film and I think yeah. I'm terrible. And then you've got to lose yourself in it and just see where it goes.
1: My thing is the drive home because on right. the drive home, I always think of sh- shit that I should have said on camera. And then I'm just with the driver going, is this funny? He's like, yeah, yeah man, you should have said that shit. <laughs> 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 like, oh, God. And then I don't know, there's, there's guilt associated with, I, uh, Every time I get flown over to a, a different country or or a different, you know, movie where I'm not from that land, I'm, I'm acutely aware of what it takes to get me there. Yeah. You know, they had to bring me over and apply for a visa and... Put me up in a hotel. I'm not just somebody who can stroll down to the set. So you want to deliver for them. So any day that I don't deliver, I feel very guilty. Yeah, um, that, that's who I am.
0: But then you know, in the end, if you're working on it for a, a month, you know, the, and there's all because the, it's a it's a sprawling film and it goes in all kinds yeah. of directions. Yeah, uh, and, you know, and I think actually, I, I thought the idea was. So strong, and then but then it becomes like another thing and another thing. A fever dream you, of a you, movie. You yeah. could have just left it in, like the, the actors backstage. It's, it's yeah. about the actors working in a bubble, and, yeah. and it goes off in lots of directions as as his film does, and it's and it's great. But it's but uh, you know you're doing all that stuff, and then there's not that much. There's not thirty days worth of stuff in the movie for each person. It's that you've got, you've no, got you, a little bit. you just
1: gonna kind of have to bring everything, and yeah. then what, what makes it into the movie makes it into the movie. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're very cool in terms of. Like, uh, I, I play a guy who runs a hotel and at the end of the movie, all the actors leave and I'm just alone in this hotel. So I, I was having lunch with the writers and I'm like, it'd be really cool to just light up a joint and dance in this hotel. Um, you know, because and that could be the end credits of your movie. And then the next day, I get a call just going, what song do you want to dance to? (laughs) And I was like, I was fucking joking. What are you talking about? (laughs) And then on the call sheet, in like two days, it's like, Bollywood dance sequence with (laughs) Veerdas.
2: And I'm like, What?
1: Right, so now I'm on YouTube in my hotel, like, finding dance routines, and then they just put three cameras on me and shot a dance sequence, wow. and that makes it into the movie for a little bit. So yeah. it's nice to have that. I mean, don't get me wrong, Netflix money to fuck around and do all of that stuff is great. Yeah. Uh, to have the production budgets to do that, yeah. you know.
0: I mean, it's a, great, it's a great idea from his perspective, just to get loads of incredibly talented people and go... Yeah. Go and do that. <laughs> Go and see what you come up with. But it's you know. But it But if you if you surround yourself with the right people, I think that's you know. It's a it's a great it's a great way of making a film. There's obviously a bit more to it than that.
1: I think so, and and also I think COVID is very humbling for actors yeah. because actors are just children. You know what I mean? Like it. There's a camera here and there's a director over there behind the monitor and it's action. Then it's cut and it's like, did I do okay, daddy? Do you like me, daddy? Love me, daddy. Give <laughs> like, you know, the, the actors are very indulgent and, and in COVID you just, nobody, everybody's, everybody's behind a mask. You know, you can't see the director. He's in a different room. So you just have to be really secure. Yeah. Um, which I think is good learning for actors. Sure. You know,
0: good. I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. All right. because, uh, uh, and uh, the first one I'm going to ask you, and um, I Might upset your mother because I know you're. You, you, there's a quote you say. My mother tells me not to say penis on stage. Yes. Um, have you ever tried to suck your own cock? Uh, it's, it's good to know this as an. Inter- I haven't asked this internationally this question, and All it's right. it's so, good to know if it's an international I just want to cl- thing.
1: Clarify. Like this isn't just because we invented yoga. And <laughs> no, it's not. I ask. Like I ask, ask every, right? I ask everyone <laughs> with a penis. All right. Uh, no, and <laughs> no. I'm not because I don't think I'd reach. I'm just not convinced it would taste good. <laughs> My diet is horrible. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to like, you know. Taste my own cock and be like yeah. Red Bull? <laughs> no. Uh, it's I'd, good you brought up could... on cranberry juice and pineapple. Yeah, and,
0: You can do that first. I
1: mean maybe you should do Thank you that. two ladies who know what I'm talking about, uh,
0: right it, Maybe you should do that for you know your your, your wife. But it's fine. <laughs> um <laughs> um uh, have you ever seen a ghost? Yes.
1: What you, what what ghost have you seen? Um twice I've seen a ghost. Uh one I was uh I, I went to a college that it's very old college, you know, it's 150 years old. And I was, so these dormitories are just, you know, ancient. Abraham Lincoln gave a speech at my college and all of that stuff in the US. And I was sleeping on the bed and, you know, college kids get those shitty spring mattresses that are plastic underneath because of the amount of shit that they do on those mattresses, right? <laughs> yeah. And at some point I was sleeping in the middle of the afternoon and I just felt the mattress depress, So I could feel somebody sitting on the edge of the mattress. Right. And then uh, I I was taking a nap and I kind of looked at it. There was nobody there. The mattress was depressed. And then as I looked at it, it just went (laughs) and somebody got up. And I was just like, whoever you are, please don't rape me. Uh, I don't know if ghosts can. Uh, And then the the next time I was uh, in my apartment and I was on my futon and I was watching TV, and it's one of those, you know, this is before plasma TVs, right? So one of those big TVs, and I had two remotes that were on, lying on top of the TV, and I think there was a big sound, and the two remotes just went, and kind of flew off the television, Okay. right? And because I was a bachelor, of course, there was no back lid on the remotes, and (laughs) I kind of went and picked up the remotes, and the batteries were gone. Yeah. So I ended up looking around the apartment just to find batteries, and... I couldn't find them. They'd clearly rolled over somewhere or the other. I ended up turning the corner, <coughs> coming back, sitting down on my couch, and I swear to God, between my legs, on the floor, four perfectly placed batteries in line. Wow. Like they were packed uh, in a Duracell packet. Just like a helpful ghost. Wow. So... <laughs> like a housekeeping ghost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is that's you you know, pretty good. Yeah.
0: Although I'm I'm more interested in the fact that you think bachelors don't can't put the back of the. Uh... <laughs> so that's why that's why you get married so that someone can just <laughs> flick that little thing onto the back. Of the... <laughs> that is pretty good. I mean, the first one you were asleep. Yeah. So that, that explains that. <laughs> the second one. <laughs> second one. It could be um, a highly trained mice of some kind.
1: Yeah. It's more likely. I have a theory though. I do believe that British ghosts are scarier than any ghosts in the world. Okay. Just, and uh, British children ghosts. Yeah. You know, the. Mother fucking hell. Ring a ring a roses. They always do that. <laughs> that is, that. I, I cannot. Like, there's that movie, The Others. Have you seen The Others? Yeah. With Nicole Kidman yeah. and these two scary fucking British children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where, and, you know, like. As an Indian, to be afraid of young Britishers is a very strange thing. <laughs> it's the old ones that scare us. Uh, I'll move on. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we're, in, we're in Britain, remember. Um, it's okay, they're all cunts. Um, they're all cunts. Um, if, uh, no, no offence. If you, if you could go into a chrysalis and dissolve and come out as anything you wanted to be, what would you come out? Like a, like a caterpillar does, but it's you.
1: But like a living thing or a tangible It can
0: thing. be anything you want. It can be you changed or it can be something different or it can be a, a remote control with no batteries in it. It can be whatever you want to be. Is there anything you'd like to change about yourself? Jay-Z. I'd like to come like out Jay-Z. as
1: Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's allowed. That's yeah. Allowed. That's you good. Know, not for any... Uh, not, just, just for Beyonce. That's it. <laughs> Like fuck his empire, fuck all of that other shit. I don't care. Just yeah. Beyonce. I, yeah. I, I like to be Jay Z. That's a that's yeah. a good reason. I'll
0: do, we'll do one more, and then uh, we'll go back to asking. Oh, I'll go back to asking about your mum because I'm interested <laughs> about your mum. Oh, what which celebrity have you been uncoolest in the company of? I mean, you've met a lot of celebs now. I mean, you are a, you're a big celeb, but are you you seem down to earth and like you would be uncool sometimes. I'm uncool around yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um,
1: there's uh there's an Indian lady who's very famous, big actress called Priyanka Chopra. I don't know if you guys have heard of her. She's amazing. Um, and the first time I met her, we were on a flight. And she was coming back from South Africa. And uh, she clearly wanted to talk because she was jet-lagged and awake. And I was just so nervous because she was talking to me. Yeah. Uh, she was like, hey, Veer, how are you? I'm like, you must be tired. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, what? I'm like, how long have you been awake? She's like, 12 hours. I'm like, go to sleep. <laughs> and so I just bullied her into going to sleep uh, yeah. because I was too nervous to talk to her. Um... Yeah, I think that might be <laughs> That's it. it. That's, it. it. That's, That's pretty
0: a... good. That's pretty good. So, like, your mom, you know, your mum comes up a little bit and your parents come up a little bit and it's obvious. I think, like, it is, I mean, not uh, people's parents are important all over the world, but it seems like an Indian thing where your mother might tell you, don't do jokes about, don't say penis on stage and things like that. Yeah,
1: I have to, like, when my mom comes to the show, I have to put her not in my eyeline. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because she doesn't watch the show, she watches the audience watch the show. So, if a joke ever doesn't work, I can just kind of see my mom, like, (laughs) <laughs> you know, so I have to put her not in my eye line yeah. Because that makes me nervous
0: It hasn't stopped you being rude on stage though. That your mum telling you not to be rude
1: on stage Not at all, no, no. Because I think uh, Indian parents, once you start paying your own rent Is when you find freedom you know? <laughs> And I know that seems strange But for Indian men, that's 35, 40 years old <laughs> Because we live with our parents a long time. Yeah. You know, like Indian parents, they don't raise children. They invest in future employees. Uh, (laughs) You know, like, you know, when your kids are like 18, you're like, you're 18, leave the house, right? When we're 18, our parents are like, the house needs an air conditioner, go to work, please. Uh, (laughs) So my parents, like I said, they're very conservative in that sense. But to make the pivot that they did to support somebody... In this art form is a pretty intense pivot, yeah. and they made it with grace and tact,
0: which is great. Good, I'm glad to. Well, it's 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 you know it's a it's a nice thing to have the, the support of your it, your family. Very much
1: is so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's not, and it doesn't happen to everyone. It doesn't it doesn't happen for everyone. Some people. Are, yeah. So, understandably, because it's a crazy thing, it, especially at the start, it's a crazy thing to get involved. With. If you want to say, I really want to be a comedian, I want to be an actor.
1: You know, it it, it was. Well, for firstly, I didn't tell them uh, for about two years. Like I, I went to study economics and then I called my father. I switched to theater. I had a, an acting professor called Ivan Davidson and he called me into his office after I done a beginning acting class. And he's like, you're meant to do this. Now shut up and take every course I tell you to take and I'll make an artist out of you. And so I, I just did that because I trusted this man blindly and I didn't tell my dad. And so, two years after college, you know, I was in college, I called my dad and I'm like, by the way, I'm an actor now. And my dad is like, good, you're going to complete your economics degree anyway because you promised that. And so I did that. Yeah. But it got, you know, it's not as hard for them then as it is now. You know, uh, a situation like I found myself in. Of course, yeah. You know, the assumption is that it only affects you, but it affects a very large ecosystem of people you love, yeah. you know. And so, my parents are on opposing sides of the political spectrum. They both vote the complete opposite of each other. And, and you know, we have a harmonious household anyway. But uh, have both of them kind of stand their ground, because they're both very vocal, both very opinionated, and both stand by their politics and their ideology. To have both of them just go, no, we're not even remotely ashamed of what you did. Uh, that was a nice moment.
0: That is good. That's yeah. brilliant. And has that experience, does it make you think twice about doing stuff or has it made you sort of more? I mean, you know, I think like when you watch the video again, that's what I can't get over, you know, having, I watched the show and then I went home and watched the video to yeah. see what terrible things did you say. And they're, you know, they're, they're just human truths, really, that you're saying that certainly the audience in front of you are absolutely behind you on. Uh, and it's 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 bolder. Uh, did it come after you'd done a, uh, another? Sh- you'd done a show, and then this yeah, was an additional was the of thing. The show, yeah. because they, you've got that like slight. The audience are still tittering at the beginning because they think, "Oh, it's going to be," a j-, and then it's quite, you know. But it's yeah. it's a serious, it's a serious thought. Um, so uh, you know, it seems weird to me that it's it's as controversial as it's been. But obviously, it has been. Does it make you? Has it has it changed your perspective on how you create? Or
1: no, no? I, I mean, I'll whenever something goes wrong, I'll only ever look for what I did wrong. You know, so when I look at that video, it's imperfect in many ways. Um, I look at it and, and think, does it ever have hubris, you know, or, or false pride or ego? And I, I don't think I find it so much in there. What, I mean, I wrote it the morning of and did it at the Kennedy Center the night of. So I would have prepared, like in, on second thought, I would prepare. Yeah. Hindsight is 20, twenty Um I've also thought about why I did it or yeah. why I, I would think it was okay for me to do a video like that and I think the best answer I can come up with is I'm short <laughs> No, I'm, I'm five foot eight. Yeah. Uh, you're taller than me. Right. Uh, <laughs> but throughout history, no good has come from short men with microphones. Uh, <laughs> Hitler, Vladimir Putin, myself, yourself. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's right. I know it's true. It's just, uh, I think we have to overcompensate. Maybe that's what, where the video comes from. And, I,
0: and half of us only have one ball out of that as well. So that is...
1: <laughs> that's... Um, Uh, No, I don't think twice, uh, but it is extremely important that everything I do from now on is free of ego and 100% authentic.
0: Yeah, but it seems to be that... I mean, I think that's... it, It feels authentic whether it is or not and that's all that matters uh, as to paraphrase bob boncas but it's but it, but it you know it does feel very real i think that's why you know I, I was really really impressed with the show i thought it was terrific and i think you as a comedian and and also coming to you you know as the first time seeing you that's quite a difficult thing to there was a red hot chili p- play p- uh, red peppers Song in the intro, I thought, oh no, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> uh, and then, so I was, I was already re- ready to not like you, and I immediately, <laughs> and I immediately liked you, and I was immediately in. And so, you know, it, it, you didn't need, you didn't need to have seen what what came before to to like you. I just yeah. think that you know, the personality is is obviously so much of what makes comedian work.
1: Well, but I, I also think that you and me, and 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 you and me, and we've never had more global common ground. Yeah in the world, you know, we all just went through a pandemic together, none of our mental health is in tip-top shape across the world broad themes of nationalism, freedom of speech cancel culture, they're just the same and they never yeah. were this similar across the world and also countries like myself are now, like my country are now in the ballpark yeah. you know, we uh, uh, you know, I was talking to some American comedians about this the other day and they're like, why are Indian comics doing so well and, and, and uh, or why are African comics doing so well now in America? Yeah. And I'm like, because we're finally countries to reckon with, you know? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I feel like America is like the girl who peaked in high school. <laughs> who's now at the reunion and everybody else is doing as well as she's doing. Yeah. And that takes a little bit of adjustment, yeah. you know? uh but i think now our perspectives are truly global and we have more in common
0: i think that's true and you know, and it's uh, this is the, this is one of the wonderful things about the edinburgh fringe and and why people should come and see things that might surprise them or take chances on things they wouldn't yeah. necessarily go to because you want to i think as a comedian i want to get the perspective and this for, and especially in this country for years and years you would just have men a bit like me white middle class <laughs> men giving you very similar sort of shows for a long time and in the last few years uh, in the UK and, and in the Edinburgh Fringe, it's broadened out a lot more. And it's much more interesting to see, to see someone who comes from a different place and see what's the same and see what's different. But, you know, it, it's, it makes the, the art form
1: much more interesting as well. And also, you, you're allowing us to take you to a different place. Exactly, I, yeah. I think it's less about the artists and more about you, the audience. Like something clicked um, with the Netflixes and the Amazons and the YouTubes of the world where your mind is suddenly open now. You know, like I remember uh, Eddie Izzard is one of my favorite comedians in the world, one of my top three comedians in the world. He has this innate ability to make you feel like he made it all up on the spot when you, in fact, it's all written and it's pure craft, right? <laughs> yeah. But I remember Eddie Izzard taking me to places that he grew up with. And I don't know these small towns in England, and, but I was willing to go there. And uh, taste something different and feel something different and feel textures and smells through his comedy. And I think for the longest time, you've had a palatable version of what it means to be Indian, you know, which, which you're, you're willing to consume. You know, uh, the Kumars, for instance, which is a wonderful show with Sanjeev Bhaskar yeah. uh, and, and a lot of BBC, BBC shows as well. But now you're like take me someplace different. Yeah. Uh, take me to new flavors and take me to new textures. And so that's largely to do with you, uh, that people like me feel more welcome now.
0: Good. Well, that, that, that's t- terrific to hear. And uh, I should say you're touring the show Probably around the, U- the UK as well, UK as well. so yeah. after, after Edinburgh, so do come, do, if you got yes, a chance I'm, to Yes,
1: I'm doing, I don't remember all of them, but I, I know the big ones. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Nottingham, Leeds, Birmingham, Manchester, uh Bradford which is New Delhi uh <laughs> <laughs> Hayes uh yeah. Milton Keynes uh but between the 1st and the 14th of September terrific All and then
0: days. and you said you're going to be in Australia and places as well so it's, it's a pretty full-on
1: it's a full-on tour
0: world yeah. tour yeah so that's terrific so everyone will get a chance to see I think it's 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 a terrific show so please do see it if you if you get the chance and you've got m- more movies coming up
1: I have yeah uh, I'm doing uh A Bollywood movie uh, at the end of the year, and then I'll do an American rom-com early next year. It's
0: gone pretty well. First class all the way.
1: Uh, (laughs) I don't know, but if you're in first class and your bathroom is clean, (laughs) you're welcome.
0: Thanks so much. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause. The incredible Veer Das, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. We're back tomorrow with Janie Godley, which will be absolutely fantastic show, so do come along. Thank you very much. You have been listening to The Hollister Perk from the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring, and my fantastic guest, who I know you know who it was. I'm not going to tell you again. You're not stupid. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my technician and friend, Rhys Thomas. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to all the fantastic crew at the ballroom, at the assembly rooms, and everyone at the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. What a fantastic lot of people you are. Thanks for all your help. This is a Skype, Potato, Fuzz, and GoFasterStrike.com production.